Hello, and welcome to an Ultimaker Turns 10 bonus episode, a miniature portrait of one of our year one staff members who, along with our co-founders and some of their early collaborators, helped paint a portrait of Ultimaker in its earliest years. This is Ultimaker Turns 10 bonus three, Sandra van Heelen. I'm uh, Sander van Heelen, and I'm the events and community manager at Ultimaker. I have worked with Altmaker since around September 2011, so that's now roughly 10 years. I think when I joined, I was the sixth person to join Altmaker. So as you probably know, Altmaker started from Martijn's, one of the co-founders' kitchen table, and that's where they soldered a lot of electronic PCBs and assembled the first Altmakers. I think he also had a, a laser cutter in his home somewhere. I, Unfortunately, just missed that milestone. That was part of the ad, actually, that I responded on that got me to work with Altimaker in the beginning. It was advertised as uh, one man is making 3D printers in his shed and he's looking for help to build 3D printers. So I responded to this uh, ad and I got invited. It was the first week that they took office in the old school building. Did you anticipate that this would be as big a part of your life as it later became? Not at all. It had a funny way of grabbing you and not really letting go. I initially also didn't intend it to be my full-time job. I was actually a freelance illustrator at the time that I joined Altimaker and I joined more out of being intrigued and inspired by this new technology. And I saw it as an opportunity to broaden my horizon in, in this area, but not necessarily to adopt it as a full-time job. But the energy that we had as a team was something that I never really experienced before that on a Friday, you were actually bummed out that it was the start of the weekend and you were looking forward to returning to work on Monday. Um, you know, it was not a typical job at all. It was a really big team spirit and a lot of energy, constructive and creative energy to be part of this team and work towards getting Ultimaker original kits out there. At what point did you have the opportunity to use or build an Ultimaker original uh, for the first time? I have built a lot of Ultimaker originals in my time with Ultimaker. It's, it's been a long time to remember exactly when it was the first one. There was an opportunity for you to contribute to our stock and take some kits home with you during the weekend and then build them and bring them back the next week or whenever you had them finished. And I also did that several times, not just yeah. me, but a lot of other colleagues because we just had this great team spirit and energy and we all had a great fascination towards these printers and the technology and there was a little sense of competition going on on how fast you could build an alternate original i think somewhat the record was around four hours wow. i think the, that record is held by Sieg, <laughs> but most of us were i think hovering around five or six hours to build uh, the entire ultimate original so as an illustrator, were you continuing to do a lot of illustration work in the early days of Ultimaker? Yeah, like, a, yeah, there was a, a large music venue here in the area um, that I used to uh, make posters for. They had a monthly reoccurring event and I had a few other regular clients in education. But 
it was no problem to combine that with the work of Altimaker. A lot of creativity happens at night. So it may have happened that I've slept a few hours less in a few nights when there was a project coming up. But there was no difficulty in combining that with the work of Altimaker. So then chart forward for me, at what point did you take that larger role in customer support and start to you know, really be in touch with the customers of Altimaker? It was around the time that we started to get the first feedback from customers. We didn't have a customer support team there or anyone really designated to respond to emails. So we were really figuring everything out on the go. And it was really amazing to be part of this. There was a lot of freedom where you could also take on parts that seemed interesting. Uh, obviously, we were also looking at who we thought would be best at handling some stuff, but it all took a natural route. I had a natural interest in trying to learn about how these automakers worked. And we needed people to also respond to customers who bought their first Ultimaker original. At that point, I became the sole point of contact for Ultimaker for anyone who tried to reach out to us. All the customer emails, the tickets went through me. I was behind the desk answering the phone or the general info inbox. And that's how I got to know the majority of our customers who reached out to us. And I think that was the first step up to becoming the community manager. We saw a lot of potential in the community where not everyone needed to reinvent the wheel every time that they made a print profile for a certain material or they figured out a good machine settings to get the Ultimaker to work. I remember in my second week of working with Ultimaker, I was part of one of the first Alti evenings that we hosted. And that was very local. It was people well, from the Netherlands. Some people drove for an hour or just over an hour to join these Alti evenings and just learn from each other how to get the machine to work and how to work with certain profiles. And this was a great opportunity for us to get to know our customers, get to know them personally and from customers to learn from each other. And that was also my first introduction with our actual customer base. So it was just me and Vincent, who by now also left Ultimaker, unfortunately, he migrated to Canada. Originally it was Vincent who was asked to organize the events. And we were just figuring things out on the go with all the best intentions of the world. I went to my first event, which was the TCT show in the UK in Birmingham. I think it's quite telling for this, the stage of Ultimaker where we were in at the time and the relationship that we had with our customers that when Vincent and I went to the UK, we drove there with our own car and then we actually spent the night in the house in the spare bedroom of one of our customers who was going to join us to the event as a customer. So we were on our way to the UK and we were spending the night in, in the guest bedroom. And I remember very vividly that I was there with Vincent and he received a phone call from one of the founders <laughs> who was just on their way to the USA that DHL came back to the office. Just before we went to this event, he was asked by the co-founders to organize shipment of around 20 Ultimate Originals to the USA because our founders were going to participate in Make a Fair. Apparently, Vincent 
made a mistake in one of the forms that you needed to fill out for customs. There were our founders with 20 Ultimakers back at the doorstep before they were about to leave. I guess we did what we did best and we figured it out on the go and kept a positive attitude. Our founders just picked up as many Ultimakers as they could, loaded them into the taxi <laughs> and just checked them in as hand luggage as much as they could and got printers in the storage of the airplane. Just took all, all the printers that, that they could carry to the Maker Faire in the US without DHL. Yeah, I'm sure it was a very scary moment for Vincent. I never saw anyone turn pale so quickly. It was a funny memory. <laughs> I think we still have some pictures of, uh, of founders with uh, all the automakers in their hands at the, at the airport and in the taxi. It was, it's, it's an amazing anecdote. Our first experience at the event in the UK, I remember being there, preparing at night, the night before the event, like memorizing all the terminology and all the questions, because we were quite nervous about our first event, because we were not engineers, we were, we were passionate about technology, and we were very passionate Ultimaker representatives, but we never were at an event, so we had no idea what kind of questions people were going to ask us, what the enthusiasm was going to be. It was quite of an unknown territory we were getting into. We had a small booth. We had a few printers set up at the perimeter. We would spend the whole day standing at the edge of the booth where there were, I think, rows of people gathering and you were just talking to five or six people at the same time. There was so much interest and enthusiasm. I don't think that I ever experienced anything like that in my life. You would really feel like a rock star or something. And that really complemented the energy that we had just being in the office, being part of something so great, so creative and innovative. Oh, yeah, it was just amazing yeah, and very unique. Uh, do you want to talk briefly about why it's important to put all this time and energy into these activities of really getting close to the customers and empowering ambassadors to really share as moderators to help serve customers around the world with questions that even tech support won't necessarily hit as fast as the moderators will. Uh, we still get a lot of feedback from our customers who use our products via our online community and we channel that towards our support team and towards R&D. And we have software developers from Cura and our firmware directly playing an active role in our community, being able to talk to our users of our products directly. If there's one thing that connects everyone who is part of our community is that we all have a passion to make things. That's why we all have a 3D printer because we want to make things, want to improve things, want to innovate. We have people who have been part of our community from you know, 2012 who are still part of our community or on a moderated level up until this day. So that is like almost nine, 10 years long. So that must be like good, healthy and you know, beneficial relationships for everyone. We're all invested into each other and we all share the same enthusiasm about certain elements. And that's it's a very warm and tight community that we, that we have. And yeah, from a lot of people that we met in the earlier stages of this era, when the industry started to form and rise and Ultimaker started to form more as, a, as an organization, a lot of people that we met from the community also found their way in the larger Ultimaker network that we were setting up and that we have nowadays. We have people who found jobs at, at various sales partners around the world. We have people who became resellers themselves. 
We even met Simon in our community who founded Fabricate, who assembles all of our automakers in North America. It was also a stepping stone for so many people that really changed their lives in, in various ways. Some people, it changed their lives by adopting this technology. Just having a 3D printer was maybe very impactful, but for some people, it just entirely changed their careers. And that's it's quite amazing to have been able to be part of that. And yeah, I think met you and also Luis Rodriguez from the US. We also met each other via the community via events and because there we felt that there was uh, such a strong personal connection we were able to to convince you to join Ultimaker as well <laughs> this is this is absolutely true i think the open mind that we had and the willingness to you know not only listen to our customers in terms of the feedback that they have but also listen to the ideas that they have and making it happen together i think that's something that i feel proud of by being able to create those moments between Ultimaker and the people. And that's also a company that I want to be part of, that it's not only about you, it's about the network that you create and the shared accomplishments that you can make together. That is the synergy that you need to really accelerate. And I think that's quite a, a, a unique formula to be able to be so close to your customers. If anyone has anything to say to us, I would uh, happily invite everyone to uh, join our community if you're not part of it and leave us a message. I think it's it's really important as people are, are hearing about the 10th year anniversary to remember that there's been an open door the whole time and there's some really wonderful people to greet you and, and answer your questions. My Takeaway from Ultimaker will be, while I've worked at the same company for 10 years, there is a, a part at the core, the identity that has always remained the same. And that is why I've also worked there for 10 years already, because I love it. What I really find telling is that from all the people that were working with Ultimaker when I started, the majority of those people still work with Ultimaker to this day, and that we all seem to have found our way to a different arm or a different department within Ultimaker. I found my way to the marketing department. We have people who are in quality control at R&D, in UX, and customer support. And I find it quite beautiful that the people of the, the first hour who are maybe at the heart of Ultimaker, we all found a way to these different fingertips of the company. Every of these departments have a big part in what Ultimaker is as a brand and what our products do and who we are as an identity. They all hold up some of our values in a different way. By now we have around between 300 and 400 uh, employees all over the world. So that is a huge change in the type of company that you are. While you're still the same company, you now work together with colleagues in different time zones and different countries, entirely different cultures, receiving the opportunity to invite the most dedicated community members to the headquarters or being able to fly practically all over the world to attend and organize these trade shows. I feel like I've also received a lot of opportunities from Ultimaker that I was very happy about. And I think it was also very impactful to me as a person and my life. It's a lot of hard work. Ultimaker is a growing company. In order to 
be able to keep up with the, the growth and the ambition that we all have. We had a lot of ambition when it was just a, a group of 10 people. We had a lot of ambition to grow and make a better product. And, and that ambition hasn't really changed. But now instead of being 10 people, we have almost 400 people. So the ambition also took a much more of a global scale and it requires a lot of hard work for everybody but there's a lot of passion at the same time and good energy and I think that is what makes this a really unique company and makes it a pleasure to, to work for. It's a roller coaster at times. When I get out of a roller coaster I want to get back in because it's so exciting and it's just it gives you a thrill. Thank you again to this week's guest. We'll return next week with another full episode of Talking Additive. And in two weeks' time, join us right here for our next bonus episode. Don't want to miss any of this great content? If you haven't already, you should subscribe to Talking Additive wherever you listen to podcasts. And join the conversation by signing up for news and announcements at TalkingAdditive.com. Editing for this episode by Alexander Seuss. Our series producer is Hannah Gabrielle Tacchini. Studio manager, David Roberson. Music by Brian Scary and Giulio Carmasi of Hummingbirds Custom Music and Sound. I am host and producer, Matt Griffin, and thank you for listening. <laughs>